0: thought this might come in handy. Oh, good idea. The two of you together. That's fine. But what if one of you is the monster? Monster? We're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a very... A very British horror. horror. And we haven't got back to being able to coordinate that yet. Well...
1: No, it was, <laughs> we couldn't coordinate it when we were in the same room, so trying to... <laughs> across the internet where there's a delay is is probably never going to work.
0: Yeah. Well, and as you've alluded to, Paul, this is uh, another lockdown episode of A Very British Horror. But actually, apart from that, a proper episode because we are going to talk about an actual film that we've both watched.
1: We are, yeah. So in actual fact, it's just a normal episode. We just happen to be in lockdown.
0: Yes, a lockdown episode. (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound special, I'm trying to get it, you know, get, get some excitement going.
1: Well, we're going to be talking about the, is this a British horror film, film? Sleepy Hollow from 1999.
0: Okay, let's let's deal with that question because um, *Sleepy Hollow* is a is a very famous American story, and, and this is a film directed by a famous American director and starring a famous American actor. So you you, you know we might be back in the Omen style territory now, aren't we? But the um, yeah. case of the defence, is that um, *Sleepy Hollow* is filmed in Britain with a primarily British cast and. and yeah. Also that Tim Burton, the, the director, um, a great exponent of the gothic aesthetic, he, and here directing his first horror film, is kind of making his version of a hammer horror. So, uh, and um, yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty strong. And also, did you know, Paul, and I found this out by you uh, in-depth literary research, otherwise known yeah. as Wikipedia, um, <laughs> that, 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 that although Washington Irving was an American writer, he wrote this story, the legend of Sleepy Hollow, whilst he was in England. Okay. Case closed.
1: All right, if you say so. <laughs> Let's face it, we, we both just wanted to do this, so it's fine.
0: <laughs> well a- a- absolutely. But then I it's our
1: it's our podcast, we don't need to justify it.
0: No, no, we absolutely don't. We, <laughs> we 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 could do Batman if we wanted to, couldn't we? <laughs> That's the whole thing. That was
1: filmed. That was... Tim Burton, Batman was filmed here, so...
0: It was, it was, and, and it, it, it's the film that started my sort of lifelong love of Tim Burton, because um, I really, I, I, I saw that version of Batman at just the right age, and the, yeah. Yeah, doing, doing Batman in that kind of gothic way, with, uh, it was great. I, I liked it so much. I mean, I actually don't like Beetlejuice particularly, Batman is is the thing, that's the film that got me into Tim Burton. And um, I've actually liked many other Tim Burton films since. Possibly my favourite is Ed Wood, actually. And that's relevant here. That's relevant here. Um, I might might come back to that in a second. Uh, Yeah, because I I wanted to say something about um, the production of Sleepy Hollow, because that's actually a reasonably interesting story. Tim Tim Burton came off of a failed attempt to make a Superman film, Superman Lives, yep. and um, he, he signed up to, to, to do this. Now, at the time, uh, Sleepy Hollow was going to be a low-budget slasher film. Uh, after, okay. Um, so, so when Tim Burton became attached, the budget went up, and, and it was rewritten, uh, uncredited, by Tom Stoppard. So okay. You've got this really curious uh hammer horror, which is essentially a slasher film, completely different type of horror film, re- rewritten by this great playwright. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting um genesis. And and although the 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 story is set in um in America, in in up, up New York State somewhere, I think. Um they filmed. They filmed it entirely in uh, Leavesden Studios in, in the UK, uh, and, and so it looks. It looks like a Hammer horror film, and of course, H- Hammer um, and, uh, and imitators um, in, in England. They, will, they always pretended to be in like Eastern Europe or, or Central Europe, didn't they? They were very rarely yeah. that they were actually in England anyway. So, so this is kind of um, this kind of Gothic everywhere that, that it's filmed in. And, and we do also get a couple of, um, sort of survivors from the Hammer Horror era, era in this film. But actually, I think this is my, this is, this is my controversial point I want to make, Paul. Okay. You, you know, at the beginning, the very beginning of the film, you get this um, uncredited cameo from Martin Landau. Yeah. I don't think you do. I think this is an uncredited cameo from Bella Lugosi. As portrayed <laughs> by Martin Landau, you know, in like that, no, no, no. When Doctor Who did that with the, the the guy that played the first, that played William Hartnell, and then played the first Doctor. I, I, I think you've got the, yeah. that good thing here because I think Tim Burton. I think we know he loved the, 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 our era of horror films more than anything. That's what he loved. His yeah. first ever thing was a Vincent Price student film, wasn't it? And it, and he went, went went all the way through. Loved that stuff, and and he had um. Martin Landau, Landau played Bella Lugosi in Edward, and Johnny um, Depp actually played Edward, didn't he? Um, he does. I, I think, whereas a Martin Landau cameo, that's quite cool, you know, Space 1999 and Crimes and Misdemeanors. I love, love Martin Landau. But, um, but Bella Lugosi, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So I think, that's, I think that's who it is. What do you think of that? Okay.
1: I, I, I don't know. I think that's, that's quite interesting. I hadn't really thought of it that way.
0: No, that, that, uh, it just it just occurred to me, and I probably wouldn't have done had I not seen that Doctor Who where, uh, where, where you've got the first Doctor only it's the guy from Adventure in Space and Time. Uh, who, who's the guy from Harry Potter? His name I always forget.
1: David Bradley.
0: David Bradley, that's it, yeah. yeah. Not to be confused with David Burton. Different no. kind of Doctor Who there. Um, so... Uh, do you want to come in on that, or should we just start on the? Should we start on the story?
1: Uh, we can start on the story. I think I, I, I can't really top um, your whole theory about him being a, a, a Balotelli cameo, really.
0: Well, you know, there's an, there's another potential cameo uh, because uh, the scarecrow, this is a scarecrow in the scene, the Might Lando scene. Uh, okay. He, can I- it is thought that that Scarecrow looks like um, Jack Skellington from yep. uh, from Nightmare Before Christmas. I, I have I read I... down
1: Jack Skellington Scarecrow.
0: There we go. I
1: wrote Martin Landau on my notes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Again, case closed. We both agree. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, mean, I, I think there's another... Um, Scarecrow actually a little bit later on that looks even more like Jack Skellington, but I think that's that's the, um, the, the the Jack Skellington from the very beginning of Nightmare Before Christmas, which by the way is an amazing film. And although clearly not a British horror, I think we could make a case if we ever wanted to do. It's <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, anyway, um, w- w- what we have is Martin Landau. Um, actually playing a uh, a character we learn afterwards called van garrett um, yeah. and, and the coachman who who we also see die in this scene is apparently his son i think uh, and yeah. don 't see you don't you don 't see what 's killed them but you, you know they 've come to a horrifying death coachman 's beheaded isn 't he and, and yeah um, and i can 't remember if, this, no, I'm not sure if we know that that fate has be, has befallen Van Garrett because we just get the, the blood on the Scarecrow, don't we? Oh, yeah. Um, and then, then, then the, the scene... Well, I just want
1: to sort of point out at this point, though, that even in that first scene, I, although not super gory or anything, it, it's noticeably more gory than anything else Tim Burton has done to date. Well, uh, to that to that point, anyway.
0: Absolutely. So
1: it was probably a little bit of a shock. Um,
0: but don't you think? I think it was a shock. You're, you're right, but don't you think it's kind of deliberate? Don't you think it's Kensington Gore?
1: Yes. Well, if you if you that whole kind of thing with the scarecrow, and he suddenly has a big splat of blood across it, is exactly the same way that something like uh, Dracula really opens, isn't it? With them. Um,
0: yeah. And a
1: lot of the other Hammer films.
0: Open yeah. That way. yeah, so, 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 so I, I think you're right to call it out. But but anyway, I, I, I want to get to the next bit because then, then we cut to New York, don't we? Well, <laughs> 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 kind of. Uh, and yeah. we meet, we meet uh, Johnny, Johnny Depp and we started to think um, his performance is a little strange because he, he's um, Ichabod Crane, who um, in uh, nothing like the literary version of Ichabod Crane in right. this. He's a, he's a New York uh, police constable, isn't he? Um, yes, that's right. And he, and he's just kind of horrified in this first scene by the, the brutal, um, and, and thoughtless police work of his colleagues and his boss, <clears throat> Alan Armstrong. Um, yes. And, and, and then, and then we, we cut quickly to a trial scene, uh, which follows on where, where, um, Johnny Depp Sajiabo Crane is protesting again about the um, the lack of scientific method, and um, this time he's protesting to Christopher Lee, who I think is playing Christopher Lee in this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, nice. uh, uh, he's credited as the burgomaster, which is yeah. another ridiculous um, nod to hammer, surely because he's playing a judge yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and, uh, and it's it's New York. So would New York have had a Burger Master? Well,
0: unless unless,
1: <laughs> unless <laughs> that was him, <laughs> unless that's that that might have been his name.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good name. <laughs> call me Burgo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, and, and and it's only about forty-five, sixty seconds. I believe, but it's really good. Am he... I right?
1: I'm right in thinking that Christopher Lee hadn't really been in very much. You are. You know, a bit of a sort of drought up until that point.
0: You are in, right. In terms yeah. of stuff. Because this is actually the first in his of his career revival movies. This is obviously the appearance which told agents uh, and, and for, for casting directors and for, Film directors that Christopher Lee was still alive and still available because this this was where it began again and he had that great um, sort of uh, late late career revival that followed with uh, Lord of the Rings years later and and uh,
1: well he would have done after this like I, after this I'm, I'm sure he would have done um, the BBC version of Gormenghast that must have been the next thing he did after this yeah you right. I think would have probably got him the Lord of the Rings gig
0: yeah. I think I think you're right. That was he was um, yes he was a main role in that. Although I found it unwatchable. actually. But he yeah
1: yeah I didn't get on with that. I really wanted to like it, but there was something about it that was you know, it was just difficult. Mm.
0: But but Christopher Lee had been in the career doldrums for quite a long time by by by, the, by, by 1999, hadn't he? So um, yeah, it was great that this kick started. Um, Kind of a return to the the recognition that that he deserved, and for the rest of his life he was, uh, um, right rightly revered, wasn't he? Um, knighted and uh, awarded the um the BAFTA Fellowship, and 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 you know, um, and he, uh, he was also the biggest box office star in the world in like 2005, wasn't he? Because wasn't that I think it was. Okay. Maybe maybe wasn't two thousand and five. Maybe it was slightly earlier, but there was a year um, where he had the Star Wars film, a uh, Lord of the Rings film, and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory all out together. <laughs> which meant yeah. which meant he was he was the the, the, the highest grossing uh, <laughs> movie star that year, and he was about eighty five. <laughs> 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 so it was but, great. It all starts with Sleepy Hollow. It all, it all starts again. But, with, but he,
1: he absolutely nails this, doesn't he? Though he really
0: does. It's great. It's
1: about. It's no more than about five minutes.
0: I was, I think it's or, even less. Or something different. like that. Yeah.
1: But but he totally captivates you in that scene.
0: Yeah, and, and, he, and I have
1: to say, I got kind of little chills just watching that bit. I don't know why. Well, because but he's clearly kind of loving that chance to 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 come back acting and and do that sort of thing, and it just. He just steals that whole scene. And he has some some quite good lines as well.
0: Yeah, he 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 does. He, he talks about um, bringing the murderer back to face our good justice, doesn't he? Was, and and uh, yeah. a new Ickabod uh, crane that we put to the test and that kind of. Yeah, it was really good because he, he sends yeah. because he sends Ichabod to the remote rural uh, town of Sleepy Hollow to investigate the three beheadings. We've only We've seen two murders, so there's another there's another victim we've here, and um, yeah, and I think Crane is uh, reluctant but has to do it um, yeah. because he, because one of the aspects of him which is really quite good uh, is he's quite cowardly, so like the, the the idea of going to face someone who's beheaded three people is a bit scary for him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. Yeah. But there is a contrast because. Because Johnny Depp is in kind of proto Captain Jack mode here, I think. I I don't remember finding his performance quite as jarring the first time I saw this, but no. but now I'm just like, what is he even doing? And it doesn't help. <laughs> it, it doesn't help. I,
1: I think I think this this performance. I think here. I think I I find him okay. I, I get on all right with with his performance here. I think this is. On that tipping point of him just starting to become famous, and at the point where, where um, especially Tim Burton is using him in everything, and then he start, and then I think he, he 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 starts to get to that point where he's sort of now where he's just way over the top and and, and ridiculous a lot of the time. So I think this is just on the cusp because I think before this he was like a. He, he was always seen as this sort of quite good, quirky actor.
0: True, true.
1: And I, I think he's just about all right in this, but you can see that sort of I agree ridiculous with you. performance.
0: I I agree with you. I don't, I'm generally a fan of Johnny, Johnny Depp, and I, and I know he's a very talented actor. I just think it's a curious choice to be quite so um, over the top. And when he's acting, again, with all these great English character actors, it's just like this is the. In this scene, you, you you've got obviously Christopher Lee, who's doing a bang up job. He's yeah. not overacting; he's doing it, you know, completely straight. And it's just just like Johnny, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> They're just showing you up, but but I mean, it's just a contrast of styles. But um, yeah some some.
1: But that, I guess you then could, what it is, I think what it is, and obviously this this. uh something I wrote down, and there's more of this later on, but it is, it's part of that effect that, that Tim Burton has, where um, he likes to gain like a sort of rep group of actors who appear in everything. And okay, they change slightly, um, and some go in and out, but this is that period where there's a core group of actors that seem to appear in all of the films he makes around this sort of time period. And, and Depp being, yeah, one absolutely. of them. Um,
0: Christopher Lee becomes one of them. Actually, this is his like this is his first, but he ultimately made six films with Tim Burton. Yeah,
1: but we also have uh, is it Lisa Marie later? Is that her name?
0: Yeah, Li- Lisa Marie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and um, Helena Bonham Carter who uh, replaces Lisa Marie. <laughs> ah, of course. It's... <laughs> Yeah. Um and, and Jeffrey I think do I am I right in thinking Jeffrey Jones? Uh, I'm not sure. Yes,
1: right? Yeah, Jeffrey Jones.
0: But
1: it's probably not a good idea to talk about him in too much depth anymore.
0: And Michael Goff, who um but let's get let's get let's get to that. Let's get to that, yeah, because we get um we get to um Sleepy Hollow, um shortly there thereafter, don't we? And um Johnny Depp uh, oh, does. I think um, there's, there's a as he arrives. Isn't there a uh, windmill?
1: There um, is a windmill,
0: right? And then that there's a, and there's a scene with it late later, um, and you you immediately think Bride of Frankenstein. That's what I thought. All right,
1: right Brides of Dracula. Do you mean? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> um yeah. But do, do do you know what it's? It, it, I um I watched the Disney um, version of Sleepy Hollow. Uh, okay, which, which is this very bizarre film because uh, it's like fifty percent Wind in the Willows and fifty percent. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's called um, the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. It's right. It's not like a mashup. It's like a, a like a half hour adaptation of each. <laughs> um and they're linked together. Um but the um but the Disney Le- Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which is obviously nothing like this, the story totally different, but it does have the windmill.
1: Okay. <laughs> so I, I I've I've never read the book it's based on, so I've no idea if that windmill is actually in the book.
0: Um I don't think the windmill. Is uh, it's certainly not a significant plot point, however, the bridge, um, the the, the bridge, which is also in um, the, the, both films, um, I, I believe that is a significant plot point in, in the book, so that's probably just the bridge in the story, okay? Um, see, I, I thought the, was that, the, that,
1: the, the bit that. with the bridge, sorry, I, th- I, th- I thought that was um, a uh. I thought that was another recurring Tim Burton thing because, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> it <laughs> seems
1: almost the same same bridge.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I, know, I even yeah, um, that's that that's Beetlejuice scene stuck with me as well. But um, <laughs> um what what what? Do I, yeah, um, one other thing on on that uh, strange Disney film, you know, because you know Tim Burton was a Disney animator. That's how he started. Yes. Um, yes. And apparently, uh, one of the things that really stuck with him was when his instructor um, produced the original artwork for the Sleepy Hollow adaptation. So, so, okay. uh, so, so, I think this is this is a subject matter he's revisiting from his formative years, mm-hmm. and, and he's potentially more influenced by the Disney Sleepy Hollow than you would necessarily think, given the the complete genre flip. <laughs> but, I thought thought I'd mention that because obviously, um, you know, we think we see that windmill and and we think, okay, that's a, you know, that's a familiar horror motif, but maybe that's not exactly why he did it or the only reason. Um, anyway, we get past the the windmill and, um, Johnny, Johnny Depp, uh, sorry, Ichabod Crane arrives at a party, um, it's actually slightly confusing because I think it's an inn, but it's not an inn.
1: Yeah. It's
0: a, it's a private party, isn't it? Um, being hosted by the local squire, who is, uh, I believe, Balthus Van Tassel, who is yeah. played by Michael Gambon. And yeah. I think we, we, we meet um, his daughter, Katarina, is it? Played by Christina yeah. Ritchie. And also some... Um, Local town luminaries, the the, the, uh, the local citizens, um, and we have um, Richard Griffiths as the magistrate, Ian McDermid yeah. as the doctor, um, Jeffrey Jones as the vicar, and yeah. Michael Goff as the notary. And, and yeah. Michael, uh, Michael Goff, um, who I believe came out of retirement. To 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 be in this film, um, okay. uh, Friendship with Tim Burton dating back to Batman. Yeah, of course, very memorably Alfred. Mm. Yes. Um, and um, I believe I know he came out of retirement because Big Finish about the same time wanted him to do the Celestial Toy Maker, and he told them no. (laughs) I'm retired. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I remember. I remember. I remember that as well. uh um yeah and, and and so what you've got is a really tremendous array of talent i mean you, you know you you've got these um, oh and there's also miranda Richardson um as as um uh mrs van tassel isn't there? Um, yeah so, so but, but you've got um you know the cream of the british character acting. Um M- 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 Miranda Richardson very fine a- a- actor but then Richard Griffiths brilliant and, and you know uh, obviously Uncle Monty to, to, to me although I believe the kids would probably go oh look it's Uncle Uncle whatever his name is from those <laughs> I presume yeah. kids will watch um, <laughs> like, uh, Uncle Dursley something Dursley isn't yeah, it yeah 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 <laughs> but um,
1: oh, the horrible one
0: yeah, yeah, ex- 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 exactly. Um, and Ian McDermott, who, who is, I mean, now, and I think Rise of Skywalker has is, is probably crystallized this forever. Um, he's just Emperor Palpatine, isn't he? Palpatine, he is, yeah, from uh Star Wars. But, um, this, this, as far as I'm aware, is his only other really significant screen role. I know he, he was a very a successful th- actor in the theatre and he memorably played Inspector Morse's ne- nemesis in an episode of Inspector Morse but yeah. um, <laughs> I, I don't remember too much in the way of screen presence from him there may be, there may be it's, some.
1: It's, it's quite good in this because he he plays uh a, a character obviously completely different from Emperor Palpatine mm. yeah it's quite good
0: yeah uh, and uh this was the same studio where they filmed the phantom menace not that long before and and he did apparently comment uh, about the the different techniques so um he, tim, tim burton very much likes to do old-style stuff so so, so it's right. all, all sets and, and and real special effects and things where, where, where yeah. it's difficult cool for it to be that um whereas uh Obviously, George Lucas was very into green screen even back in the Phantom Menace days, and it much and more so afterwards. Even where, yeah, because, yeah. Because Star Wars moved to Australia, I think, and 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 then they got rid of you know the Yoda puppet and and R two D two and just CGI'd it everything, <laughs> didn't they? But,
1: yeah, <laughs> um, um,
0: but but I, I don't know. I I I, I do like. Um, I do like the way Tim Burton does it. An interesting, completely irrelevant story because um, we, we talked about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. We discussed it. We mentioned it. I think again um, uh, uh, earlier this evening. Um, but but there's a scene in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where um, there there are like hundreds and hundreds of squirrels and they're all like uh, opening nuts and sorting the good nuts from the yeah. bad. The Ruka Salt scene, right? Yeah, I read something saying, "Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, we we trained we trained hundreds of girls from birth in order to do that." And I'm just thinking, why did you do that? (laughs) Why don't you just like CGI them? Because it was it was was late enough that they could have just (laughs) CGI them. No, we're going to train those girls. And then I'm thinking, okay, maybe there is a drawback to this traditional way of filmmaking.
1: (laughs) There's definitely CGI in this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. The CGI in trying to talk of factory, but I think I think they, uh, um, it's how, it's how you mix it, isn't it? With the with the live um, the, the action.
1: I think what they do, I think what he he's trying to do is use CGI in a way that um, is, is where practical effects can't be done. Yeah, so, and when it would look bad with practical
0: effects. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, and and that's the way, probably, the, the best way to use it. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> um, and actually, it hasn't like, dated at all, has it, the appearance of this, this film particularly. It's really, really, really nice, as you'd expect. Uh, well,
1: no, because, because, it's, because the film was made to look dated, if that makes sense. So it, it's sort uh, of... Yeah. It, it's made to look a certain way. So it, it's going to be difficult for it to date. There, well, is, there is one bit that I think is quite bad of CGI-type bits. You probably know the bit I'm going to mention. We haven't really got to it yet, but...
0: Oh, well, I, I can't work that out. I'll see, I'll see if I can... i see if I can... Okay. Uh, f- ...predict it before we get there. Um, okay. Um, so, anyway... Um, they, oh, they're... just with
1: this Eden's bit, by the way. Yeah. Because, well, again, this is like... I think it deviates from from the book a bit in, in the sense of it. This is clearly trying to mesh um, who done it with, with a ghost story. Um, and I think it does it rather well, even though it seems like it's not going to do it that well to begin with. But this is very much that whole kind of uh, classic sort of Poirot or something where, where you're kind of at the very start where they, they meet everyone who's likely to be a suspect. And I quite like that.
0: I think that's absolutely right. And it is not the story of, of the book at all. But no. Basically, as I understand it, from for my good friends at the Walt Disney Company, um, the, <laughs> the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Ichabod Crane is a teacher who is back yes. for the affections of um, Katerina Van Tassel um, with, with a guy called Brom, um, who who is um, the like the the local um, strongman slash bully, um, but basically um, it, it, in the end, um, Crane disappears uh, after an encounter with Headless Horseman that um, <clears throat> that Brom I think has told him about. And and it's heavily well, it's completely ambiguous as to as to why Cranes disappeared, as to whether whether he was spirited off by the headless horseman, whether he's just gone because he's really scared of, of this yeah. tall tale, or whether Brom has in fact just murdered him. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, so so but but that's I think that's where the headless horseman comes in there. But but in in this, like you say. Uh, that Ichabod it says I'm here to investigate the murder and they all just say yeah well it was done by the Headless Horseman yeah and they tell him the story I think it's Michael Goff that tells him the story of um, this Hessian mercenary um, yes. <laughs> played by Christopher Walker in, in <laughs> the flashback who's eventually um, uh, tracked down and beheaded but who's come back to, um, to seek revenge or something, and
1: uh, he's not credited, is he, Christopher Walken?
0: Uh, but well, that, it, I it's don't a, think he is. Christopher Walken in, in this film doesn't say a word, like mm. Martin Landau, and, and like Lisa Marie. Um, so you've got th- three, three, of the main parts are silent. That's you know, that's quite quite. Uh, unique, I, th- I think, as well. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, the thing about Christopher Walken, though, uh, is you just need to look at him and just go, uh, <laughs> "It's Christopher Walken." <laughs> what brilliant casting! Um, and, and and he'd worked with Tim Burton before, of course, as well on Batman Returns. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was yeah great. Um,
1: I was watching him actually not that long ago in in A View to a Kill. Which, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and given how how rubbish that part is in in that, Zoran, he's not particularly well written, but uh, Christopher Orkham just plays him in in such a way that he's he's really memorable. And I think he does the same here, that like, he's just one of those actors that can just make something memorable when there's not really much there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have, like, I'm very strongly pro of you to a kill. but Let's save that for the James Bond podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I think we've probably, we're, we're now about four minutes into the film anyway, so let's, let's speed up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um So um, I think Crane begins his investigation and then there's another murder, isn't there? Um, yes, uh, and um, it's another beheading. It's a local villager who was who was on watch, and his orphan son um, basically offers himself, doesn't he, to 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 Ichabod afterwards as an assistant. He's got no one else, so uh, Crane says no, and then he says, "Oh, actually, yes, let's do the investigation." Um, yeah, and I I forget the boy's name. Um, it. Uh, It is uh, an actor who um, who who is English. I looked up, but is doing a kind of American accent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I guess you could get away with that because, um, well, accents-wise, this film is like, okay, you've established this as a Dutch community. Why are they all English? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's one of those things where, where, where <laughs> they, they really should just dispense with, with accents altogether. Because, again, if you're homaging Hammer films, uh, where, when does anyone have any Eastern European accents in Hammer films? My Never. Fault. So let's, exactly. let's not even try.
0: Well, uh, I think, I uh, think and, that... And
1: last... Richardson does Richardson does an odd accent as well. Yeah. It sort of has an American twang to it. But, you know, no one in New York has an American accent as far as I can work out. They're all English.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you you know, and you can see why, because you're talking about um, what is set in 1799, so just after independence. So you can can see the rationale behind that, but then it's like you say, if someone decides they're going to do an American accent, then nobody stops them. And then... (laughs) And and it it takes me back to, like, you know, Depp's performance and maybe thinking that that Tim Burton's not tremendously interested in what the actors are doing. (laughs) It's more how things look and things like
1: that. No. And that's why why he, I think that's why he surrounds himself with these larger-than-life actors a lot of the time, because he knows that they're going to do, he knows that they know what they're doing. Uh, and and certainly in this you're doing like a a a sort of hammer gothic films pastiche type thing let's just get let's just get a whole ton of classical british actors and stick them in there because they'll all know what they're doing
0: yeah Yeah. i think i think that's probably exactly right um yeah and, and um there is a scene isn't there where um uh, where Ecbod where is, 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 is attacked by the uh, headless horseman, but it's not the headless horseman; it's Brom, who's kind of like a love rival because. Yeah,
1: I had some issues with that. In that, that scene seems entirely pointless because ah, it's immediately ah, forgotten about
0: afterwards. I can explain. I can. I can explain. I think this is a nod towards the actual story, um, because it, as, I, as I mentioned. Br- Brom's actually the other main character in in, in the, the, the the story, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, uh, and, and and even though here, played by Casper Van Dien, he, he's kind of a small part really. Um, yeah, but but, but but obviously I, I said about um, the, the the theory that it's Brom dressed up as a headless horseman um, at the end of the original story, but also that thing where he throws the pumpkin head at um, at Ichabod, that yeah. is in fact the, the, the moment from the original story which um, tips Ichabod over the, over the edge.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, so basically it's a nod to the original story, but actually yeah. in terms of this film, it doesn't really make that much sense, I don't think.
0: No, no you're right. It's just kind of... Because it's no, not really no, no, followed that's up that's on... Br- 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 Brom's not that nice and uh, no. the, and Crane and the is next time not cowardly. But,
1: and the next time we see see um, him anyway, he he just gets uh, it's well jumping ahead slightly. He, he just gets cut up.
0: He does it. He does that. So at, at the bridge. Um, yeah. But um yeah, but in in I think I believe in in, in that bridge is more important in in um, in the in the, the Sleep Hollow story as well. Yeah. So um, I I think the whole thing with him problem is kind of just like okay we do know what this story is supposed to be but we're not going to do that he's gone now then, then we'll just carry on yeah um, whatever yeah.
1: happened to casper van dieen
0: he did the, he carried on making starship troopers sequels i think
1: okay because he he was very briefly reasonably famous for a couple of years around then wasn't he because of starship troopers
0: well ex- exactly um but, but it's a really great film starship troopers but I, there are there are I think several sequels um, which he stars in which are not directed by Paul Verhoeven and I do worry that the uh, the, the kind of satirical element of <laughs> of that whole thing is probably lost in those sequels. I do worry about yeah. that. Yeah,
1: you're probably right.
0: Um, it, yeah, so uh, and, and to be honest, he. he, he He's not that he's not that bad in it he? he's not that bad in it at all but um no
1: he just doesn't have anything to do really he does not
0: uh, exactly right um i i mean he he just he he's kind of a love rival but in effect um, christina Ritchie doesn't seem to like him much, which is actually true in the original story as well but um then, <laughs> but, but then the, then he's gone, and christina Ritchie is just like um uh, she, she's then paired off with with Ichabod, um, yeah. uh, and Mad. I think to get, take the story a bit further forward, the magistrate then then says about um, uh, th- th- there's an extra victim of the he- horseman, which prompts um, Crane. Five
1: victims in four graves. Exactly it says,
0: isn't it? Exactly, which is great. Um, for the detective element of it because then you get the explanation yeah. don't you of the wi- the widow who's the the other uh, victim and it turns out that through deduction and investigation that she she was pregnant and van garrett was the um the, the, the father and indeed van garrett and the the, the the female victim had actually secretly married and indeed yeah. um indeed the four town town leaders uh, were all actually aware of this. Yes. Uh, But um, the the magistrate then gets scared, doesn't he, and flees, and um, Crane uh, witnesses him being beheaded by the actual headless horseman. And and this is... I just love... I, you know, I did not appreciate Michael Gambon the first time I watched this twenty years ago, but but this time, when, afterwards, yeah. when, 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 when when Crane's absolutely shocked and he's like, "It hey, was the headless horseman." He I
1: killed? love this scene.
0: And Michael Gambon says, "I told you." Yes, I right, told you.
1: I love that scene. <laughs>
0: it's just such amazing delivery. <laughs> it's just... yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Uh, And, of course, that kind of ruins Ichabod Crane's kind of um, self-image as as a detective because he can't investigate this. He's not a paranormal investigator. Um, So he's kind of uh, disheartened and and on the verge of fleeing, isn't he?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, Just as a quick side note, one thing I really love about this is that um, Whenever there's the beheadings and this is just a silly little small detail, when the heads come off and go bouncing around the place, they still look like the actor that that has been beheaded.
0: They do Yes um,
1: and I don't know if there was some if that was a use of C.G. in some way, but um so often in these sort of things that the when that happens, the the actual head looks more fake than it than it should. And they, I think their heads actually all look really, really well, really really close to the, the actor that's they, they, that been betraying them.
0: Yes, yeah, no, no you're absolutely right. I, I kind of suspect, given what we said earlier, that they're, they're probably real, because there's a way of, well, not realising the heads of the actors, but realising. Real <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's taking the attention to detail too far. <laughs>
0: The, 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 you take a like a, uh, a head cast, don't you? And then and then um, the, then the makeup and the hair and the eyes and stuff are added. Um.
1: Yeah, the other thing I was wondering is in some scenes whether they were the um, actual actor, but with like a, a green screen bodysuit on, because the the headless horseman bit is clearly in a lot of the scenes is someone with a, a green mask over their head, where where it's been CG'd out, and I wonder if
0: in some
1: of the scenes. It's done with the real actors.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but just with the rest of them CG down. I don't know. This is what I mean, oh, which is well what I mean about the, the use of CG, it being, um, you know, good in
0: this. So well, well done. You can't really tell which is, the, the, which is how, how it should be. Um, one quick remark, though. Uh, it's not just anyone with a green mask on. It's Ray Park of course yes <laughs> yeah it's um, darth Maul. um well the uh the the, the, the yeah the, i guess not not the voice but the the body that is darth Maul. <laughs> yeah, yeah and so he was
1: quite busy in those few years
0: he was he was but um as an expert sword fighter um he was he was perfect for this and you so you get yeah. some, you, you get some um decent um Reasonably decent action action scenes, um, probably actually better than in Batman. If I'm completely honest, <laughs> so yeah. Uh,
1: well, Batman, you're kind of. I think they they were a bit hindered by the the Batman costume.
0: Yeah, indeed, in, indeed, where he couldn't really move in it, could he? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's actually. Yeah, I like the way that the, the horseman is realised, and so a little little shout out there to Ray Park. He does a good job, I think. You...
1: Yeah, he's 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 kind of not scary in appearance particularly, but he's kind of I, I like the way that it move. He moves really quickly, and is is just just unstoppable in terms of like cutting people up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, you, that
1: makes him. That makes him a little more
0: kind of the term, scary
1: from that point of view, rather than scary in a supernatural way.
0: No, I, th- I think that's right. Because the problem with the idea of the, the headless ghost is it's such a cliche. Probably in effect because of Sleepy Hollow, that um, yeah.
1: Well, the headless horseman became one of those sort of horror trope things, didn't it? Ghost, sort of typical ghosts,
0: and then it loses its effect. Uh, Then you kind of—it's more suited to like nearly headless Nick from that, uh, from 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 Harry Potter. Uh, So it's John Cleese doing it, you know, (laughs) rather than um, rather rather than an actual full-blooded horror film. But you know, I think they work around Uh, it, work around it well.
1: I was just thinking of a recent example of a sort of headless ghost trope. Was in the sitcom ghosts which i don't know if you watched
0: yeah i did watch i did watch um but that is a joke they get bored of very quickly and that yeah changed.
1: that, that <laughs> disappears for most of the series <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um i think cp hollow does it better um oh um one of the i think we get to the set piece don't we because uh, uh, Ichabod then realizes um I can't exactly remember how he realises. There's a visit to the witch in the western woods, isn't there? Um, yeah. Um, they... Oh. Didn't catch that, Paul. Oh no, Paul, have you gone? Oh, oh you're there again.
1: I thought that was quite well acted.
0: I'll have to stop you. Yeah, hello. Can you hear me? Oh, this is going to be bad.
1: Why? What's happened?
0: Oh no! So we just had a we just had an interruption because we we, we're doing so well and now people are going to have to hear our technical issues. But there we go. I'm sorry. We back up to the last point you were making, please. So.
1: We're, we were talking about going into the, the to visit the witch and where Ichabod goes to the, the cave. There's, there's a bit I really liked where, well, the, the, I love this whole scene. There's a the great bit where he's edging towards the, the cave entrance and very slowly he moves the kid around in front of him. He does. So the kid <laughs> is the first one to go in. It's <laughs> right. like a bit of a shield, which <laughs> yeah. I like. And I love the fact that that, that he's actually not very brave. Um, I do too. But it does end up being quite brave, to be fair. Even even though he he is a bit of a coward. Well, but the, a little bit. The Go
0: on. Well, because but, but, um, when he cause he joins in with uh, Brom against the headless horseman, doesn't he? So so he yeah, he, yeah. he I I, th- I think he he does he he is a coward. some of it it is cowardly but he does overcome it so it's it's not like he does any like he like he shies away from the action when the time comes
1: yeah but um but the the, the, the the way
0: with the um almost evil she's like um like almost like an evil dead uh, we're, 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 um, not not normally, but she takes some potion to tell him some things, and that turns her into, into more or less a dead. Well,
1: well this is um, Miranda Richardson again, isn't it?
0: Uh, yes.
1: right Yes. And and I think if you know Miranda Richardson, you can recognise it's her. But I don't know you necessarily. Are meant to know it's her?
0: I think you're not it
1: really, but she she does like, she does it brilliantly, and it's a mixture of like the weird movements and the sudden snappy, like you said, yes, Evil Dead, very much like that. That some kind of jerky, some lurch forward moments, yeah. And I I found that genuinely creepy, except where her face comes out, and this is where the really bad CG bits are, when when. I think it's a bit where her eyes pop out, or something, or something, or something like that. And it, I, that kind of was a bit rubbish. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, that, otherwise, that bit is the creepiest bit of the film.
0: No, okay, I agree. I agree with you. Um, yeah. Um, but she says about the tree, is not she? They investigate. Yeah. yeah. And but but the reason that he's still investigating is is because he thinks there's a human. um, being who's controlling the horseman.
1: Well there's a connection is that he works out as the connection between the people that have been killed so therefore it can't just be like a random he's sort of like a random killing from that horseman.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so and then that, that takes us on to um, locating where the horseman comes from which is the, the dead. What's that dead is it the tree of death or something?
1: <laughs> I can't remember. It's something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: But the, but the tree is the portal between hell and and, um, and 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 that's where the the horseman was buried. And and they find that he's missing his head and figure out yeah. whoever's got the head is probably controlling the horseman.
1: There's another really good uh, little jump scare with where the they the, they open up a bit of the tree. And all the heads kind of roll out. Um, that was quite. Um, and Ichabod a good gets a little covered. jump scare. Quite creepy.
0: Ichabod gets covered in blood as well, doesn't he? Because the the, the bleed, yeah, yeah. and 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 um, he's been covered in blood when he did the autopsy as well. So yeah. it's completely, by the way, inaccurate.
1: <laughs> well, yes, because yeah, <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere if you cut a dead body open.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, but so, 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 so we've seen a, another couple of instances of that Kensington gore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, and I think then seemingly the horseman goes after uh, Mrs Van Tassel, Van Richardson, and everyone kind of, um, there, there's a town meeting, isn't there, in, in, in the, the church where Van Tassel, who's um, seen he 's seen his wife um, attacked by the horseman is terrified and and um uh, there 's a falling out between the priest and the doctor and they uh, and van tassel and, and the priest and doctor end up dead and then the horseman comes after them, but he can 't get into the church, but Van Tassel stupidly goes up uh, in front of a window and the horseman kind of drags him out but uh, hooks him drags yeah,
1: him yeah fishing yeah
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is which, which is like that. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate expression of his kind of like relentless, he's Determinator, I think if you yeah, yeah. God is marked, he's gonna get you. Kind of. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Um yes. Um and and um and Ichabod wrongly suspects that katrina is controlling the horseman because he, she's been found um um Creating what like an evil eye,
1: seemingly an evil eye. Um, so yeah, but, uh, just need to just quickly say that. Um, obviously, yeah, he, that he. I think he initially suspected Miranda Richardson's character because he oversees some naughty shenanigans with her, and she's she's does some ritual where she cuts her hand. Yeah, but then there's but then there is a body. And, and, but then she's apparently supposedly killed when by the horseman on the way to the church. And later on there is a body that that is pretending to, that they think is her. So yeah. therefore that's why he thinks it's Katarina.
0: Yeah. Um, but um, as he's leaving the, the, the town, having completely fallen out with her, but not, um, not wanting presumably to arrest the hangar, um, he reads the book that she's given him about witchcraft, and and he he realises that the, the sort of sign it wasn't evil eye at all. It's a, it's a protection of loved ones. Yeah, uh, and um, um, then um, he, he gets his coach turned around, but but meanwhile, Katerina has been um, um, abducted by her stepmother, who's still alive. And is uh, it is in fact the an evil witch, Madras, and yep. it's, the evil It goes deck mother is a witch and uh that's vaguely familiar, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I
1: was just thinking it goes a bit Disney. <laughs> it
0: does. It does. <laughs> but, but but then then uh we, we've had um there's quite a lot of witchcraft in it and you get you get good and bad. So that's a bit even yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um
1: but this this the, the the sort of end bit with the, the the coach and the various chase chases and that is it, kind of it's like a proper sort of action almost indiana jones esque
0: yeah but uh bit. but before that but before that is the um it's that starts out in the windmill doesn't it which of course yeah, yeah, yeah of course and then you get the the, the coach um the the, the the coach chase part of it um which, which are yeah. I've always remember the the um, opening scene of Dracula ad nineteen seventy two. For me, that's that's coach based yeah. action. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> so 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 I was I was kind of reminded of that from a kind of Hammer that's true perspective. But but to be honest, it is done a bit better than Hammer could could afford to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you know, it all it all ends, doesn't it, with. Um, um, the, the good guy is retrieving the horseman's head and returning it to him, uh, and he he therefore stops his plan to kill Katrina, but instead uh, drags the stepmother down to hell, and uh, and it's all over. It all ends happily. Yeah. Katrina and the boy, uh, they go back to New York. But sadly, they don't meet Christopher Lee again to tell them, well done, you succeeded, which is how I would have ended it.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. And and that that, that and obviously that that's the, the end of the film and it's like really really just good fun. It's just, just yeah, lots of fun. Uh, it's not really like a Hammer film because it's a Sasha film written by Tom Stoppard, but um, but it, yeah, but it's, it's so it's so in tune with Tim, Tim, Tim Burton's um, whole thing of what he does that it's just it's, it's just a, a really good expression of what a Tim Burton film is (laughs) I think yeah
1: yeah I mean although it's very um, it's clearly a homage to all of those different types of films to the hammer ones and and a bit to the AIP films as well I think it's I think it's um, I I think it's much yeah it's hard to get away from it being a Tim Burton film I think so it doesn't really kind of replicate any of those film styles other than sort of it's superficially really.
0: Yeah, it's the way to do it, I think. I mean, he he he's too big a talent to just do a pastiche, isn't he? So no but but I I like I like I I, I, I like I like the way it's come come across. I actually maybe even enjoyed it. Because I haven't watched it for years, and I think I've enjoyed it the most having just re-watched it. You know, yeah, there's... likewise.
1: I, I don't what think I've it? seen it. I don't think I've seen it since I originally saw it at the cinema, to be fair. Maybe I had it on video? I can't remember. It's been a long time, and actually um, I, I, it, it's, it's obvious by my notes that there's a great big section of the film where I didn't write anything down because I was just enjoying it. No, that's Oh hang on. I better write some things down, this.
0: that's the best way. And um, Burton did go on to make an, another film in this kind of style, which is Sweetie Todd, although that, that's a, a musical. Um, but I, I remember liking that, and I'm going to revisit it because, um, even though it's a musical, it's not actually terrible. <laughs> I'm not really a musicals person, but yeah. but. but Uh, Like a a gothic horror musical directed by Tim Burton I'm absolutely up for and I remember it as being good so um,
1: yeah I I don't think I've ever seen that because I think it was I think there's um, I think it's around the time where I was perhaps a bit off Tim Burton films
0: ah okay
1: I think the last one I'd seen was probably Big Fish oh okay I've never seen that (laughs) and then after that I kind of was like "Mm," a bit indifferent to Tim Burton now
0: I can understand. Planet of the Apes was not good, was it? Not, not that, but um, that was
1: that wasn't a Tim Burton film. I think that was just him, just just directing for. I think there's too much studio interference with that. But
0: well, yeah, and I think
1: I think it was all him in name only, really, not. in...
0: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and persuade you that we should do Sweeney Todd because that's actually you know. Oh, I mean, I thought that was really good, but it's, it's also um, um, got some parallels to, to to this film. I think the uh, yeah, because even though the character John Depp plays is obviously totally different, the the kind of backstory I don't think is a million miles away. Um, we did we didn't talk about um, Ichabod Crane's backstory, uh, but he. Um, uh, he 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 works out by by these reawakened memories that his mother was actually a witch a, like a good witch who was um, um yeah. imprisoned in an iron maiden by his uh, religious extremist father
1: yes yeah
0: and that, yeah uh, <laughs> which is very fairly, fairly horrible but also I think why people sometimes list mask of Satan as an influence on this film. Um,
1: mm, yeah, maybe.
0: Because I'm not exactly sure that I, I... I mean, Mask of Satan is pretty good. It's one of the, my very favourite continental horror films of this period, but, but um, it's a, obviously that's got the stark black and white photography. It's
1: also, is, is it not just a little bit of a nod to, um, a little bit of a nod to Poe as well? It's kind of a bit of a Poe thing, maybe.
0: Do you think? Could be. Oh, I, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um Pit and the Pendulum. Yeah. 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 Okay. I can see. I can see that. Cause you talked about AIP, and of course, um, that was the, the Roger Corman film. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, t- 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 I think. T- I
1: think there's a bit of an influence because you know the, the the whole tree bit. You could kind of see that in a. In a Roger Corman film, have that kind of very yeah. studio uh, kind of artificial-looking tree, which you would not necessarily have had in, in in a Hammer film.
0: That probably would have been an oak in the Bray studio lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> um, or it would have just been in, in 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 the in the woods nearby.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah I, I actually think you're absolutely bang on i don't think it's particularly Oscar satan i i think it is um the the poe and the adaptions yeah. of yeah yeah absolutely yeah.
1: I, I, the other thing about this film i i, I wondered if there's like a uh, nod to lovecraft in in this film maybe because i quite like all of his stuff that i kind of see nods to him everywhere but I want to know just how many times did Ichabod Crane and various other characters in this faint?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> thinking,
1: is that a nod to Lovecraft? Because <laughs> people in Lovecraft stories faint all the time.
0: I'm gonna it's a be, lot. I'm going to be.
1: It's what five or six times he faints in this.
0: He does, I'm not sure I saw that directly as a homage to Lof- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe just me then. Well, um, the, no, the only thing is that um, maybe there, there is kind of a... Um, but This is the stretch, but I'm going to go with this. <laughs> Think bob a little bit like Randolph Carter? A little bit? A lot but, but, like... Because, um. Is that kind of paranormal, paranormal investigator?
1: Um, I'm going to say no. That is
0: not. That is not from Washington Irving, but that's kind no. like uh, what what you get with Lovecraft. But I don't think it's. I, d- I don't think it's very of a. No, <laughs> I think
1: ich- Ichabod Crane's more more. Um, yeah, Poirot and those kind of things, isn't it? He? He's more Agatha Christie.
0: Yeah, I'm. A,
1: and, and, and,
0: and uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, maybe next it's
1: it's not he, he. That's not a Lovecraft thing, I don't think.
0: No, the no. fainting is though. Fainting is just like a like it's a it's a, it's a trope, isn't it? It's not Lovecraft. Well, I it? don't know. I think
1: I think in this he faints quite a lot, but actually, again, I quite like that because you know. No one can accuse this of being like real life, but generally in real life, you would faint in various circumstances that he uh, comes across. Um,
0: So I I can genuinely say I've never fainted at the sight of a headless horseman.
1: How many headless horsemen have you seen?
0: Less than one. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, so can't really speak from experience, can you?
0: You got me there, Paul. You got me there. I think I think we would. I think we'd say case closed. Although well, I'm not sure <laughs> the right verdicts. But anyway, <laughs> okay. um, you know, I think we could bring this to an end now. I yeah. think we. I, I I think it's been good to be back, and um, I'm going to work on. I'm going to work on persuading you to watch Swingy Todd because I think you'd like it.
1: Okay. I think you did lend it to me once. and I think I gave it back to you unwatched. You really (laughs) did? No reason other than I have not really got around to watching it and felt like I'd had the DVD for a long, long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it's the kind of thing you'd really like, maybe. It has got got singing in it, but it has got proper horror. It's probably, yeah, um, because obviously it's a Stephen Sondheim musical, but... but, um, you know it's even for that it's not bad it's just we you know Rocky Horror Show is good think of it like like it's like the Rocky Horror Show only obviously okay different very different <laughs> and I, I, I think um, that's a very um, meaningful and not at all nonsensical note to end on but um, do okay. we, have, do we still do social media now in lockdown
1: we do yeah even oh. more so in lockdown
0: okay well um. What
1: so can we so we, you can reach us on Facebook. Uh, we're a very British horror or one word on there or on Twitter, where we're at very British horror, or you can email us at verybritishhorror@gmail.com. very British horror
0: at Great. I would do all of those things immediately apart from it. We just and send
1: us a nice review on iTunes or anywhere else you want to view us. Review and
0: not us. a bad review, not one of those bad reviews saying we got poor no. sample is he. I mean, we have got possibility, no. but just gloss over it. Yeah, great. Uh, so I think I think that's cleared that up. Well, um, you know, we'll probably come but We'll probably do another one. I enjoyed this. Um, yeah, will we do that? I've been Chris Denton,
1: and I'm still Paul Monk.
0: Goodbye.
1: Bye.